to the Of The Earth podcast. This is a place where we take time from our busy lives to remember the planet we're living on, the relations that support us, and our sense of belonging as children of this beautiful Earth. I'm your host, Mariana Rittenhouse. Simply put, I'm a woman who sees life where others don't and teach humans to do the same. I do this by leading tea ceremonies, teaching personal tea ritual, and mentoring women in their spiritual reawakening to the earth. I created the Of The Earth podcast to re-inspire your innate connection to Mother Nature, so you can find deeper meaning in life and truly remember why you're here. Because even if you don't believe it, you belong. You really do. Thank you so much for being, and thank you for being here. Let's dig into today's episode. Hello, loves, and welcome back to Of the Earth. I am so excited to be here with you again today. And yeah, this is also going to be a different type of episode than normal. Because I asked you guys to send questions for me. I wanted to kind of be interviewed. (laughs) And so I'm going to be sharing some stories, but through the questions that have come from the community on Instagram. And so I'm really excited to have this conversation be co-creative and also led by some of you guys. Some that I know, some that I don't know. Um, But to start off, I just want to level set into what's happening here in the earth right now where I am in Colorado. Today is a quiet, calm morning. Um, It's a little cooler. We had a thunderstorm last night, and so it's a little cooler this morning, which feels really nice. I'm so excited to get out and do my tea practice But as I was just sitting down, I got everything ready. The water was ready. Everything's up outside. And I was sitting down, but I had the channel flowing for this podcast already. (laughs) I was like talking to myself like a crazy person with some of the questions that had come in. And I realized, ooh, now is the time. The time is now. So I will have tea after this. But it's just a perfect morning for it. And I was also woken up this morning by some flickers. I think I may have shared that. I don't know if it was on this podcast or in an email newsletter, but flickers have been coming up for me so much since my birthday. My friend Kelly actually came in in the morning of my birthday with a flicker feather that she found. And I never, I feel like it's one of those birds that I, other people find their feathers and other people see them. And I just haven't had as much of a relationship. And now it's like nonstop. So I woke up with these flickers pecking holes into my house <laughs> and just seeing them on my roof. And I could hear their little feet on my roof. And yeah, it was sweet. And so it's a good day here in Colorado. Beautiful day. I'll probably pick some beans from my garden. And yeah, yeah just spend the morning outside after this. So I hope you're enjoying summer wherever you are too. And um, yeah. All right. Today's episode. So I shared this on Instagram, but 
This is the, I've tried to be recording this podcast for a few weeks now. (laughs) And last night I decided to just wing it and show up and start speaking. And about 10 minutes in, I was just like, I'm not even in my body. I don't even know what I'm talking about. This is not it. And that's when I reached out to the community and said, hey, I want to share about my tea story. I want to share about my journey with tea. What are your questions? Send them all in. And I think I got a little bit of my, (laughs) of the, a deeper understanding of why it was hard for me to record this podcast originally. I thought maybe I was bored with my story, but some of the questions that came through, I was like, oof, I don't know if I want to talk about that or oof, maybe, maybe when I see you in person next time, I'll share the answer just with you. And I realized that I haven't really shared my story publicly before. I've shared it in my courses and sometimes before my courses, but it's always been like this closed container where I'm seeing the people I'm speaking to and it feels just generally more safe. And, you know, the reason behind that is because my tea story isn't really like this fantasy tea story. (laughs) And there was, there's just me getting into ritual tea in the past decade has been like the hardest time of my life. And there have been um, burned bridges and just things that I don't usually speak to um, that feels a little nerve wracking if I'm going to share it publicly. So I think these questions are going to be really helpful for me. And help temper me a little bit in this share. And I'll also just, you know, share what feels comfortable, what feels true for today. And we can go a layer deeper together and we'll see, right? But remember a person's spiritual journey, a person's journey of inner healing is so personal. It doesn't show everyone's best sides, you know, and, um, and so I've always, when it comes to public, I've always been very delicate about what I share, when I share about protecting myself, about being honest, you know, just all the little things and we'll see how we do today. Okay. So thank you for listening and thank you for your compassion and open hearts and, Yeah, I hope you just take my anything I shared today with some tender love and kindness and yeah, and hold the vulnerability in which it's shared. Oh my gosh, that probably makes this sound like it's going to be so bad. I don't even know what I'll share today, but (laughs) either way, I appreciate you. Okay, so let's dig into these questions. The first question I got, they're kind of like in different groups, you know? So the first one was, what was your relationship like with tea before you started your tea practice? This is a great question. I love tea. Um, I grew up in Hong Kong, which is how I found out about tea and fell in love with it. But I'll be honest, my first love of tea was in the ritual of afternoon tea. So like British style tea with the little sandwiches and a little milk and sugar. And it was so good. (laughs) I'm a foodie. I love food. And those sandwiches are good. Um, 
And I really felt the ritual of it. I really felt like, oh, this is something that I can come home after school and do. Um, Or this is something that we can go somewhere and do. But there was a time associated with it, which I think really helps us with our practices and our rituals. I don't know if you guys feel like that, but... I find that when I have that structure, it makes a ritual, like there's like a time and space that makes the ritual more impactful in a way, because it's not just that I do it every day, but it's that I'm doing it at this part of my day. It's a moment that I pause everything that I'm doing and I do the thing that happens at that time. And so it kind of reminds me of like the Muslim prayers where it doesn't matter what you're doing, a sound blasts off in the city and everyone goes to pray. And it's almost like that interruption is what makes it meaningful. And I think I felt that with afternoon tea of like, oh, this is something that people do at a certain time. And it's a part, it's a way of life. And so I really loved afternoon tea. I mean, I still do. It's great. (laughs) And that was my first love. In Hong Kong, you drink tea all the time. So it was a very normal beverage in my life. However, I did struggle when it came to Chinese tea culture. Let me say that, Chinese tea culture. Because I would kind of go to these tea shops and it didn't feel, it felt very commercial to me. It felt like it was all about shopping, about buying. I didn't feel like I understood the why this is so important. I knew that tea was so important, of course, like look at everything that's created around this plant, but I couldn't quite understand, or I felt like I couldn't get into the deeper layer that I was craving. And so I always loved tea and I was always looking for that deeper layer. And it wasn't really answered until my mid-20s. I was gifted tea stuff. I would may, sometimes buy some tea stuff, but I would feel really hesitant about it. And I would just have, I just remember my apartment in Brooklyn, I had so much tea crap and I'd never drink it and I'd never use it. It just wasn't, it wasn't just about, it wasn't about tea as a beverage, right? And everything that was coming to me was about tea as a beverage. And so... I kind of just gave up on tea, to be honest. Um, I threw away all of my tea stuff and (laughs) I moved on. I got to a point, I think when I was 25, 24, 25, where I was just like, this isn't, this is, how can you say that you love tea if all you have are all these tea things and you never use them? There's something off. And I was just like, whatever, I'm moving on. And so that's what I did. And then... And so this was my relationship. It was like a deep desire for a relationship with tea, and it wasn't there. And I will say, since that time, I have seen, reflected on, seen, gotten little clues about ways in which tea was trying to show up in my life, but I wouldn't. (laughs) I wasn't seeing it, and I wouldn't answer. So one that I love, here's a little story. I was teaching a tea or a class on ritual probably three years ago almost to um to share start your own tea practice and invite people in 
And I decided, I was like, I had to do an Instagram post and I didn't know what to say. And I was like, let me see if there's some quote on ritual. And I just Google like quote on ritual. So not on tea ritual, just on ritual. And the first thing that came up was like Goodreads (laughs) and it's like quotes on ritual and I click it. And it was this quote about tea as a ritual. And (laughs) it's from this book, The Elegance of the Hedgehog, that people have been trying to get me to read for so long. I still haven't read it at this point, but I remember the first time someone gave it to me to read, I was like 19 or 20 or something like that. And it was just this book that would constantly show up in my life. And I'd be like, huh, that book again, should I read it? Yeah. <laughs> and I just, people would be like, oh my God, this book's amazing, Mariana, you should read it. I'm like, which one? Oh, Elegance of the Hedgehog. Huh. Mm. <laughs> and I just, and I never did. And I know that in that book, it's a novel that isn't doing necessarily, it's not necessarily saying like, here's how to do a tea ritual or anything, but I could feel, I know it would have sparked something for me. And so I can feel the ways in which tea was trying to come in, but I was not, I wasn't cognizant of it. I'm like, damn, I could have read that book. Would have found it a lot earlier, but I digress. <laughs> so that's what my life was like, or my relationship with tea was like before I started my tea practice. So essentially then about a year or two after I did my big <laughs> tea throw out, I decided to leave New York, which was something I'd been wanting to do the entire 10 years I lived there. And I was driving around my car, listening to a podcast, and they were talking about a tea ceremony. The The people were talking about a retreat that they were hosting and that they just hosted. And they were hosting another one and they were talking about a tea ceremony in it. And they spent a lot of time talking about this tea ceremony. I felt like I was hearing everything I'd always been looking for. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think this is it. I think this is it. <laughs> and so I booked a luxury retreat to Italy to go to one tea ceremony. And yeah, they had like tea ceremony every day, but they were like, you can sign up for one of them. And I I emailed the producer and said, can I sign up for more? How can I get into more? <laughs> and I was really just there for the tea. And once that kind of, it's interesting because leaving New York was a big point of choosing myself. And I find that once I chose myself, tea started coming into my life very quickly. And that isn't lost on me. That connection isn't lost on me. A couple weeks later, I moved back to Miami, and that first day, I texted a friend from high school. I hadn't seen him since high school, and he wrote me back immediately and said, my wife and I are going to a tea tasting, a private tea tasting tonight, and we want you to come. Come with us. And I was like, huh, that's so funny. And I got there, and they were talking about tea meditation. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, like I'm starting, like something's starting to happen. It's like, I'm actually going to Italy in a couple of weeks to go to a tea ceremony. And yeah, tea just started to come in real fast from all different directions. So I went to Italy, went to the tea ceremony, and I felt like I finally found what it is that I was looking for. Tea in the way that I wanted to work with her. And the next question I got here was, what about your first tea ceremony felt different than tea you knew before? And 
I would say one is that we were outside. So historically, all of my tea experiences had been inside shops or hotels or homes or what have you. And we were outside and it was this fog, this beautiful, cold, foggy, misty morning in Tuscany. It was gorgeous. And so being able to be with tea and the elements and nature was a big part of it. The other part was that it was in silence. And so I hadn't had tea without talking before. And that felt like a really important part because what it helps me do is actually tune in to the plant and to all of the non-human communication that's happening around us all the time, but we don't slow down enough or stop enough to hear it, to witness it. And so that was another part that felt really different for me. And that my mind wasn't invited in. And so my, if you've had tea with me or learned from me, you will experience this. But the ceremony is not about talking about the tea. I, it might have been, I think, I think the person did talk about it at the end. And it did, and I watched it invite my mind in because I'd just gone to that tea tasting and they'd explained different things. And the tea tasting was cool because we went through all the different types of tea. And we, when we got to the pours, which are drunk a lot in Hong Kong, I was like, oh my God, this tastes like my childhood. You know, so I didn't have all the information when I was growing up, but the viscerally I could remember what it was. And he he said something, the man at the tea tasting described this type of tea in a certain way. And so when I found out that's what we were drinking in Italy, I was like, oh, let me share this fun fact I learned. And the guy pretty much just shut it down. <laughs> and I really appreciate that he shut it down because he wasn't shutting down the fact, he was shutting down my mind. And the part of me that felt like I could be right and perfect and great and that wanted to be not seen for me, but seen for my abilities or seen for my intelligence or whatever, whatever it was that was playing then. And so that was shut down. So I think also the part where our minds leave, our minds after a few bowls are kind of like, uh, there's nothing for me to do here. I'm out. <laughs> and then our bodies and our souls get to take up more space really spoke to me as well. So that's what I loved about my first tea ceremony. Okay, so the next question I have here is, when you started your tea practice, was it daily or did you falter? Um, okay, when I started my tea practice, it was daily. After that, for all of the days that I never drank tea, <laughs> I started drinking tea every day. Um, I would say that I didn't have, I didn't start drinking tea in a way like with ritual or with instruction. And so that was hard and good. Like it was good and bad at the same time. It was good in that I didn't, um, it was bad in that I didn't really know what I was doing, but it was good in that because I didn't know what I was doing, I would just do whatever. <laughs> and so at first I didn't know exactly anything, but I did just drink tea every day. 
I feel like I saw enough and I got away enough to, um, yeah, to just be curious. I definitely overdid it. And I, and I would, I will say like, I definitely would try and make it as spiritual as I could and as correct as I could and as right as I could. And the man who served me tea in Italy, who then sent me some tea to start drinking, he actually gave me a hard time about that and told me to just put some leaves in a bowl and drink tea and stop trying, stop writing things down, stop journaling, stop whatever, just, just drink some tea, who cares? And so I started doing that. The other thing I want to say as well is back then I was a workaholic who traveled a hundred flights a year and I did not have much of a personal life. And so it was nice to have something else to do besides work. You know, my personal life was like traveling for work and maybe seeing people on my work trips, but I didn't have this like strong foundational life uh, that felt full. And so I just want to caveat that as well, because I think sometimes people come in and they have full lives, they have children, they have partners, they have hobbies, <laughs> they have, you know, strong family relationships. And those were just not things that were present in my life. So I was coming in from a different place and that might've made it easier for me to just have a daily practice off the bat. And so the next question here is, what did the beginning of your tea journey look like? Okay. So first of all, let me caveat and say I'm probably still in the beginning of my tea journey in the grand scheme of things, which is actually really exciting. It's something that a lot of people say at the end of Start Your Own Tea Practice is that they're, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this my whole life. I'm just at the beginning. There's so much time. <laughs> There's so much space. And I don't think that we feel that abundance of time in many of in many parts of our lives. So it's really sweet. But the the beginning of my tea journey, it was like fast-paced. I ended up being in a relationship with the person who served me that first tea ceremony and was pretty uh, well-known and in, in the tea community. So I learned everything fast. I, um, lived in a tea shop all of a sudden. I lived in, um, in a tea house. I assisted serving ceremonies. I had my personal practice. I traveled in Asia, like everything just happened so quickly because of that. And I'm really grateful because I learned a lot and <laughs> I, yeah, I got to be intimately connected to tea in so many different ways through that. I know that assisting in tea ceremonies, for example, was, it's one of my favorite things. And I know hands down, it's one of the reasons that I am skilled in tea ceremony practice now, just having so much time in supportive roles. I got to try so many teas that I might not have had access to before. I got to learn ritual in a very organic way at home. <laughs> and so it was really beautiful. And I absolutely loved that. And here is the part that is a little bit more difficult. And that is 
you know, I ended up being in an abusive relationship with the person who got me into tea or who showed, I have to be careful. Even with that, I have to be careful because who showed me (laughs) this one type of tea ritual. I have to be careful with that. It's so easy to give your power away. I have loved tea since I was five. So, you know, I, I shared in a previous podcast about the ending of that relationship, which was very traumatic. Um, had a lot of confusion, a lot of gaslighting and really left like unraveled in my lowest point of both health crisis and loss of job and loss of income. And there was a lot of deceit in that unraveling of the relationship. So I really didn't know what was happening. And I don't know if any of you have been in that experience where I know I've definitely been in experiences in relationships before where I was with someone, we broke up and then like I lost all our friends or, you know, this thing that we had in common then left my life. And I had to go through this moment of is T leaving me along with this relationship because this relationship is one of the most painful human experiences I've ever had. And I want to run away. I want, I want so many things that aren't available to me. I want to feel vindicated and I want justice and I want to be right. And I want to be helped and supported and none of those things really showed up for me in the tea community. And all of a sudden, I didn't trust the humans around where my tea practice came from. So I had this beautiful healing practice that also just created this combustion This dark, mean, unkind, like burn it to the ground thing in my life that left me for the, you know, I always say I'm not someone who thinks about taking her life, but those days were dark and it, it left me understanding why someone would. And I was alone. And I, and in that I had to choose tea. I had to choose tea in her purest form without all of the human bullshit on top of her. Because remember, tea is the colonial plant. Tea is tied to colonization, tied to religion, tied to all sorts of systems of dominance and oppression. And I had to, in saying yes to tea, in my darkest moment, when it kind of felt like, oh my God, this plant and community coming into my life kind of fucked things up. I had to say, I see that you're not what humans are saying you are. I see that there's a whole being underneath all of this dogma, all of this righteousness. There's a being and that being 
is who I want to be in a relationship with. And that being is who I've been looking for this whole time since I was a little girl. It's that being. And so it, you know, choosing tea really brought me to my knees. And again, it was like this deeper, like a recommitment to myself. Remember how I said that once I chose myself, then tea came in really strong. It was like I was choosing myself again. I was deepening in another way, choosing myself a second time. And knowing that that person, any of the things I learned, et cetera, they didn't make me more or less worthy to be in relationship to this plant. And that she didn't come in. You know, I definitely had a little bit of a fantasy fairy tale of like, oh my God, this plant came in and then I met the love of my life and then I blah, blah, blah. Now my life's amazing and blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to say that I'm not going to meet the love of my life, that my life's not amazing, but it wasn't in that moment. <laughs> and I had to really let go of that fantasy and tune back into the little girl who's always looking for this and say, I see you and I choose you. We didn't, this wasn't a mistake. This was actually exactly what needs to happen. And because of that, I spent many years just drinking tea by myself and serving others that were just guests in my Airbnb at my house. <laughs> and so it, my, the beginning of my tea journey, while it was on this trajectory to be dominating, like I could feel like a dominating force or in the sense of like, oh, look who my boyfriend is or, oh, I've done all these great things. I know all this stuff. Like it could have continued like that, but really it was very humbling and it made me choose what I really am, what's really a priority for me. And it brought me into a deep surrendered place of intimacy with self. And I've shared it before, but I hated myself when I started my spiritual journey. I was actually listening to a podcast the other day where Francis Weller talked about how he, he, he was the same. Like, I think that's actually a very common thing. We start our spiritual journeys, not because we love ourselves, but because our, we hate ourselves. And all of a sudden I had this space to say, I choose me and also I choose nature. And also nature's got my back. I felt so much distrust in the human world and the beginning of my tea practice helped me realize that I don't need to only be supported by the human world. I get to, it's like, cool, don't trust the humans. It's all good. It doesn't mean you're not supported. It doesn't mean you don't get to be in relationship. It doesn't mean you don't get to live your life and feel fulfilled. You get this part too. And so in that, that's what, you know, that's what I did. And people ask me all the time, how'd you get so in touch with nature? Have you gone on a six month backpacking trip or something? And it's like, no, I just let nature support me in my darkest moments through tea, through tea. And so, yeah, tea definitely initiated me. 
<laughs> she definitely came in, made me feel super comfortable, blew shit up, and then was the bomb and the salve for my heart. She held the space for me to heal. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for that. Okay, great. Moving on. <laughs> what was the moment you knew tea was it? Or maybe it wasn't one, but several moments. I think that is the moment I was just talking about. Where I had to choose tea for her, not for what I thought tea could give me, not for the human security I thought that this community was creating for me, not for my knowledge, not for anything pretentious, any <laughs> just that I was choosing her because in the absence of anyone seeing me, of anyone knowing me, of any social capital I could gain, I still wanted to spend my time in ritual with this plant. And so I don't, I, I don't necessarily want to say that tea is it. I don't know if I agree with that. I have so a very strong spiritual life that includes tea. And that spiritual life is rooted in earth-based practices and wisdom, which also includes tea. And tea really helped lead me there. And so, um, and then when I know, it's like always again and again and again. So yes, it's definitely several moments every time I drink tea. Because every time I drink tea, I remember what's important. Every time I drink tea, I remember the earth. I remember my place on this planet. I remember that everything's okay. I remember that being loving is so important. I remember that I'm loved. I remember so much. <laughs> and it's in those, I don't have access to that as easily in any other practice as I do with tea. And that's actually a good question that someone else brought up that I'll skip to is why do you think it was tea as opposed to meditation, mindfulness, positive intentions, etc. And I think my answer for that, I feel like in some of the other practices that I've done, at least, and just in my experience, it feels like there's a place I'm getting to. I even find that in meditation, I'm more likely to be able to relax into the meditation once my timer goes off. <laughs> it like feels like there's a benchmark of like, if I've done this much, then I'm worthy. <laughs> and I don't feel those ways in tea. So I feel like I have access to just being from the get-go with no desired outcome. And I think the other part too is that tea is her own being. She's a plant. When we're consuming her, we are all of a sudden in an alchemy of us and this plant. So the same way that if I were to eat a lot of sugar, I'd get hyped up or coffee, I'd wake up or, you know, kava, I'd chill out. When we drink tea, she actually changes us chemically. Like we have, we shift we, there's a there's a physical change that's happening to us from drinking tea, and that is that your heart is being opened. You're relaxing into the heart space. And so whatever I come in with, I'm going to feel better as I'm drinking tea. There's actually another being that's shifting my perspective, that's talking to me, that's changing me, and that's helping me in that process, which isn't something that I would that I necessarily find in meditation. And so... 
Yeah. And I think also in tea, I'm interacting with the world, which feels really important. Feels really important to me. So, um, yeah, that's just my personal experience and why I think tea is so amazing and why I think so many people really enjoy it because it really creates a different way of being a different way of of moving through the world it doesn't feel separate from it because you're actually doing steps and doing things right this actually reminds me that I skipped one of the questions earlier, which is what I was kind of kind of answering, which is when did tea become Cha Dao for you? Cha Dao means the way of tea. Um, what made you start a daily practice? And I think that when I think there was a time when tea was more what you would call like Cha Dao for me. And now it's just a way of living with the earth. Um Cha Dao is often can be, I mean, it's a, it just means way of tea. So it could mean a lot of different things, but in the community I was in before was very oriented towards Zen and I'm just not a Zen practitioner. Um, and it's not how I live my life. And so I don't practice really from that perspective anymore. I really feel like tea is a plant that surpasses religion, surpasses culture, surpasses so much. She, I truly believe that she's here helping us remember how to live a heart-centered life, which is what we, it's what our original blueprint is. And it's what's going to help us heal and take care of this planet and each other. And so tea is grown all over the world now. And I truly believe that that's her choice and that she has spread herself through humans, but spread herself to do her work. And so my practice is really in how can I drink tea so that I walk through this world in the best way that I can and be the best steward and guardian of the planet that I can and of myself and of others. Um, okay, loves. Next question. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Okay. Well, how has tea changed your perspective of yourself? What is your message through tea? Okay. Well, my message through tea is that we are nature. And we're here to be stewards and guardians of the earth. So let's remember that. So kind of what I've already shared of what my own journey was. And how has my perspective of myself changed? I mean, I love myself. That would be the biggest shift is that I love myself and I am myself and I'm proud of myself and I am nature. So it's really created a lot of secure attachment for me on this planet because I realize that as someone who struggles to trust humans, <laughs> um, that I don't, that I'm not just reliant on them and that I have a place here and that I belong here. And that's really, those are the most important perspectives I would say that have shifted. Other people tell me I'm more chill now. <laughs> I can handle more discomfort, things like that. But I think on the big side, it's what am I doing here? 
why am I here? And he helps me have a better understanding of that when it comes to the earth. I'm here to be a daughter of the earth. How did T teach you to let go of perfectionism and just be? Hmm. Well, <laughs> how did T help me let go of perfectionism? I mean, I don't know if T's the one that helped me let go of perfectionism because, as I said, when I thought my life was perfect and then it got dismantled really bru brutally, I um, I think that's a lot of what <laughs> made me let go of perfectionism is realizing I'm not in control. But what T has done is in the space, it's she's given me the space to be with my desire for things to be perfect, my desire for me to be right, my desire for me to be in control and just softens it with every bowl, softens it and softens it until I just start crying because I realize I can't and I really want to be in control and life's so hard and I get to clear it out. It's so important for us to feel the way that we feel. So I get to come to the tea table, feel what I feel and not be judged for it and just let it be and let it move and move on right? Our practices aren't so that we stay in this healing loop forever. Our practices are so that we can heal and move on, move forward in a good way so that we can get our work done in the world. And so T's helped with that. And again, there's going to be a part of it where I already spoke to of that part where she is softening me. <laughs> She's actually changing me that allows me to just be. She, it's a quite, it's, even though it's really uncomfortable at first, it becomes a very comforting practice, a very comforting practice. When was the moment you knew that tea was your life's work and what is the birth story of start your own tea practice? Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So when I came back from India, my partner had just moved to another city. I've never seen him again to this day. And my house was empty and life was a mess. I, and I had no income and no job and my health was still terrible. <laughs> I, it's funny because I actually have photos of this. Maybe I'll post them in the, on the sub stack, but Literally, my I have like in the corner of this giant living room, a tiny tea runner with my tiny teapot. I was having tea at like four in the morning because I was jet lagged and my harmonium, like there's just nothing in the house. And I was looking around having tea and just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what the actual fuck happened to my life? And my girlfriend in India when she was teaching a yoga class, she shared a story that really moved me. And it came up for me in that moment, which was about how whatever we have in life, we don't have to wait until we get somewhere to give, to be the generous people that we want to be. She was talking about driving down the highway with her husband and how they'd see these big billboards for the lottery. And they'd be like, what would you do with the money? And what would you do with the money? And they would always give it to charity <laughs> and they would always do great things with the money. And they said to themselves, like, why are we waiting until that happens instead of just doing it now? Like either way, we could die tomorrow and then it would be all 
taken away from us. Like there's nothing we can hold on to. And it was just, I'm like sitting here with this story just, and I'm like, everything's been taken away. (laughs) Everything's been taken away except for my house. And what if I lose my house too? I'd like just bought it. I had a mortgage. I didn't have income. Like I was so confused. And then I thought, give it away, give it away, give it away before it gets taken away. And maybe by giving it away, I don't have to leave. And so I moved into the smallest bedroom of my house and I rented out the other rooms as Airbnb rooms. And it gave people a place to come to have like a very sweet nature. Like I live in the middle of the forest. So this sweet, like peaceful respite. Um, We lived here like in such a beautiful sattvic way. And I just kind of turned my home like into this Airbnb temple and people came and started asking if they could sit for tea with me. And I was like, oh my gosh, these are the people that I get to serve. I get to, because I was really struggling to build a community here in Boulder or find people to serve. And so these Airbnb guests became who I served. And so for a year, I just did this. I cleaned my house between guests. And I always say I was like a glorified housekeeper and served people tea. And it was really beautiful. And what it taught me a lot, because I wasn't teaching or I wasn't serving people who were, who knew anything about tea ceremony. And I'd kind of come from a community where like everyone was all about tea. So it really taught me how to introduce people to tea without words, right? Like, make people comfortable when they don't know what's happening, introduce for the first time this practice. And it was just so beautiful. I loved it so much. And the reason it only lasted a year was because of the pandemic. And so when the pandemic hit, some of the people, people were freaking out. You couldn't get tea in China. You couldn't get anything from China or Taiwan, right? So you couldn't buy tea. You couldn't get tea. People were like, I need this practice more than ever. <laughs> and some, and even some of the people in my community who'd come up, they were like, I really want to get into tea and I don't know how. And so I did this like Instagram where I put all of my extra tea and teaware because I had a ton out on my living room floor. I did an Instagram video and I said, if you need tea, let me know. I'll ship it to you. And I shipped tea all around the world to a bunch of people who wanted it. And then they got their packages and some of them were like, I don't know what to do with this now. Very similar to when I got into tea. (laughs) And I'd actually had the idea of start your own tea practice for a while. I had tried to get my ex to do it, to get other like... Um, other people, I've been like, someone should do this. This is such a great idea. No one thought it was a good idea. (laughs) And so they didn't. And in that moment, I was like, it's me. I'm supposed to do it. (laughs) And so I created this little tiny offering that I thought was only going to happen once just to teach some people at the beginning of the pandemic how to have their own tea practice. I felt like it was just really important and it wasn't information that was being readily shared. And as it, as it was for me when I first got into tea, it's like, just put some leaves in a bowl. So really a lot of it's like, a lot of it was like making people, people feel confident that they, that this is for them too. And tea's for everyone. Tea's the most drunk beverage in the world besides water. Tea's already for everyone. We're already all tea people. What we're really learning is how to slow down, be with the earth, be with ourselves, love ourselves. That's the hard part. 
And so that's how I created Start Your Own Tea Practice. I called my friend who's a potter. I was like, hey, I need this many bowls and I wish that they looked like this. And he was like, I have exactly that many bowls that look the exact way that you want them to. And I was just like, yes, it's happening. (laughs) And so the first Start Your Own Tea Practice happened. And then a couple months later, a friend asked me to do it again. And I was like, okay, sure, I'll do it again. And I did. And then I went down to New Mexico after that time. And I felt this really strong calling to do it one more time. And that's the time, like just realizing, wow, people really need this. And I realized then, or I mean, well, it blew up. That's when it really started to take off that third time. And what I realized was I was seeing how profound the transformations were. I had only seen my own transformation up until that point. I think especially because I came from tea and more of a Zen religious type background, it was, it kind of felt more like, oh, now I have something to, you know, anchor myself to, but I hadn't heard of many like strong transformations. I just experienced my own. And then I realized that my experience isn't rare. It's quite common. And because of that, that's when I knew it was my life's work. At least my life's work for now. At least the beginning of my life's work. Because trust me, loves, we are creating something big in this lifetime. This is our great remembering. So this is how we're doing it now. And it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. It's one of the things I love the most about the tea community that's come together through Start Your Own Tea Practice is we are family. When I think of who do I want to hang out with, it's those people. They're awesome, right? They're awesome. We have shared values. We might not have similar lives, but we have shared values. I like to think of it as like our soil. The soil we live in is the same, even if we're different plants. And so... It was really then that I knew, oh, there's something big here. And, I, and I'm in support of this transformation. I'm in support of these people loving themselves, finding spaces of calm in their lives so that they can figure out what's important to them. I'm here for them to remember the earth. This is what I want. And that wasn't why I got into it in the first place. And it was when that really shifted. It's like, well, why am I going to do this again? Why am I going to do this again? And when the why changed to help heal this planet, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. All right. I have two more little questions here that I'll answer. Well, one I kind of already answered, which was, was there already a tea community in Boulder? Did you build it yourself? I mean, there is a tea community in Boulder for sure. And I love them. And also, as I shared, my my path with tea has been one <laughs> that was really traumatizing at first. And so I did end up creating my own community. And I love my community so much. We really have each other's backs. And the last one is what keeps you grounded during your tea sits when your mind is busy, busy? The tea. <laughs> if my mind is really busy, I'm going to sit with a tea that helps ground my mind. Um, if my, you know, if 
I feel really sleepy and whatever, I'm going to work with a tea that makes me feel activated. I work with tea as medicine. So I'm always looking for tea to bring me into balance. And of course, this isn't something you do from the get-go. I remember the first time that someone said that to me of like, yeah, you just choose a tea based on what's going to bring you into into balance. I was like, I don't actually know how that's possible. Like, how could you know that much about tea? How could you know so many teas? I know one tea (laughs) and it takes a long time to get there. So it's not something to aspire to right away, but it is where I am now. So I would say that I work with the tea on it. Once I drink three bowls of tea, it's easier for me to drop in. So drink more tea and let, and just open yourself to receiving her. Don't try and change yourself. Notice yourself. Tea is just mirroring to you who you are, where you are. So receive that as a medicine. It is medicine to have that mirror. And then um, the other thing I would say is if there's something that's really going to distract me, I'm going to handle it first. And that's why I'm recording this podcast right now. (laughs) Remember at the beginning I said, oh, I was about to sit for tea and I could, and I just heard my mind going, I'm so ready to speak. I'm, this is the moment. (laughs) And so I'm here doing that. And then I'm going to go. So just similar how we would be in any relationship, you know, when you say to your friend, Hey, can I just send this text message really quick? And then I'll be all here. It's kind of like that. And so that's that. Okay. That was the last question. Um, I want to just Give me a moment. I just want to feel into if there's anything else I want to share. The last thing I want to share is just that my favorite thing about T is that she just helps me consistently show up as who I am. And I think that's the gift that she really gives us all. You drink tea and you remember who you are and you walk through the world in that way. You don't, you get to just be you. You don't have to feel ashamed for it. You don't have to feel guilty about it. You receive the confidence of like the medicine of the mother. You receive the confidence to be yourself in the world. And I truly believe that she's here to help us remember our purposes and our sacred tasks. And they're often not about tea. Tea is just your friend cheering you on, creating the space for you to remember you no agenda. She has no agenda for us. She's just reconnecting us to our hearts. Okay. So thank you so much for listening to this today. I hope you found it helpful. If you have any follow-up questions or anything like that, you can just leave them in the Substack or message me on Instagram. And I hope you have a beautiful day. I'm going to be sharing more tea stories over the next couple of weeks as Start Your Own Tea Practice opens for enrollment. And I am so excited to meet all of the people who are going to take this next step in their life's journey. All right. Sending love, everyone. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To stay tuned for future podcasts and new offerings, sign up for my newsletter at marianarittenhouse.com. And if this episode resonated with you, I'd love to hear all about it. You can reach me on Instagram at Mariana de la Tierra. That's of the earth in Spanish. Oh, and if you're ever in Boulder, Colorado, you should definitely join us for tea. My 
my students and I serve tea ceremonies two to three times a week at my home in the mountains, and we'd absolutely love to have you. You can see the schedule and sign up on the ceremony section of my website. I want to give special thanks to our beautiful Earth Mother and all of our relations for constantly inspiring me and this work. This beautiful podcast music was created by Castanea David Brown. As always, thank you for being, and thank you for being here. Until next time.